Welcome to the Life in the Rock podcast. Here you'll find a commitment to sharing with others the challenges and joys that accompany our being a part of God's family. The goal is to offer relevant and thought-provoking material on today's issues. Thank you for listening. Well, we are continuing our series on two ministers talking, and today I'm delighted to have as my guest Steve Higginbotham. And Steve is the preaching minister at Carnes Church of Christ in Knoxville, Tennessee. He's also an instructor for the Southeast Institute of Biblical Studies, and he's a regular speaker at conferences and lectureships all across the country. And uh, I'm thrilled to have you with me this morning, Steve. Uh, one of the things I wanted to mention as well is that, that, that you and my son are probably the two biggest fans of uh, the Andy Griffith Show. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad that you're with me this morning. And just tell me a little bit about how you're doing, how the congregation there at Carnes is doing, uh, and what Knoxville is like at this point. Yeah, well, we have been, uh, we were actually shut down a little bit before everybody else. Our daughter had been in um, uh, Italy, and uh, she had just gotten out the day before they closed their borders. And so we had to undergo a self quarantine prior to everybody else having to go through what we're going through. But Mm. things are quiet and still, and um, pretty much I think everybody's uh, doing what they're supposed to do around here. That's good. And I know the last time that we were together was uh, in uh, Oklahoma City, and that was the first weekend in March, which uh, it wasn't long after that then that all of this started really affecting us and our churches. Uh, to a great degree. And a couple of things that I wanted to ask you about uh, this morning is uh, kind of dealing with some of the issues that uh, are are coming up as far as questions that people are asking. And I know that one of those uh, questions that has been mentioned, at least um, you know, brought up in conversation, is uh, Matthew 18 and verse 20, where uh, Jesus there says, you know, where uh, two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them or in their midst. Uh, some are, are wondering, well, if we're not meeting together, you know, is uh, is is he still with us? And and uh, and not only that, but some some are asking, well, what about those that um, maybe that are, are widowed, uh, that uh, those that are single? What what about those that live by themselves or or, or worship? alone how does that uh the statement of jesus does it have any impact on on them at all well i I have run into the same uh type of questions and there have been those who were good with us doing the you know the distancing and uh forsaking or going without uh, the building for a while Mm -hmm. and uh and and their justification would be well the bible does say where two or three are gathered together um and then on the other hand, I have had some uh, come to me and ask, but what about so-and-so who's single and doesn't have a family, mm-hmm. and they're going to be alone? And so uh, there, there are two extremes there. And the, quite frankly, the answer is all in context of uh, the passage there in Matthew. He's mm-hmm. not talking about worship at all. There are a handful of passages that just about are misunderstood or misapplied by the majority. 
And, um, you know, I can think of judge not that you mm-hmm. be not judged, yes. you know, that's one. And this one has to rank up there as well. <laughs> um, the, the passage is talking about discipline. And if you go back to verse 15, you see that there's a discussion of what do you do with a person who has sinned? Mm -hmm. And uh, you you go to them. If that doesn't work, you take two or or one or two witnesses with you. And if that doesn't work, you eventually take it to the church. And if he refuses to hear the church, um, the instruction is he's to be treated as a heathen or a publican and which would mean you, you don't fellowship them. Um, and that's a drastic step to take against a, a brother. And one might immediately say, wow, can, can we do that? I mean, are we out of bounds? Is that, are, are we just stepping too far? Mm-hmm. And the answer is no, because what he says for us is, that when you make a decision where two or three are gathered, um, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. And you have my authority and backing with the decisions you make about disciplining this brother. So it's not a passage about how many people does it require to worship God. It, it's a passage about discipline mm-hmm. and how that when we, uh, you know, the, old law in Deuteronomy 19 and verse 15 said that every word had to be established by one or two or two or three witnesses. Right. And, and this is fulfilling that obligation. And so it's a matter of if we're going to discipline a person and treat him as a publican, we have to have some authority behind that. And what Jesus is saying is, well, you do. Um, I'm with you in those decisions you make when you follow this process. Yes. So essentially, this uh, yeah. this statement of Jesus really is not about worship at all. Then. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. It's and and if it were to think that like Paul while he's in prison for a couple years and people like that who have you know did they were they forbidden or could they not worship that entire time because mm-hmm. they were in prison? You know, it's has far reaching implications. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Steve. Also part of, part of that deals um, with uh, people's thoughts about, well, aren't we supposed to be gathering together at the building? Uh, you know, yeah. aren't we supposed to be going to church? Uh, and, and certainly uh, I know you have, and I have as well that, uh, we've heard really all, all of my life that, you know, you don't go to church, you are the church, you know, and I've heard so many people, um, talk about that through my life. But now there's folks that are raising these questions about, well, don't we need to be at church? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, go go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, it's a time to live out what we've been saying for all these years. Um, Mm -hmm. I've heard the same thing. We we don't go to church. We are the church. Mm -hmm. Um, The church is not the building. Boy, I've heard that preached and said a thousand times. And and we've corrected people when they refer to the building as the church, you know. And Mm -hmm. um, so now's the time to say, okay, well, can we still be the church without having a building? Mm 
Mm. And the answer to that's yes, but it's hard for us to comprehend because we are so bound by what we have experienced. Like I, I have a, a book in my library, a, a set of books that belong to my great grandfather. They were written in 1912 and they're called um, the book of knowledge. Mm. And it, it's basically a child's encyclopedia that was written at the turn of the last century. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions that I noted um, in one of the books was they, they raised this question, how do we get ice? Hmm. And, uh, you know, if you were to ask that question today, how do you get ice? Somebody would say or a child would say, you just go up to the refrigerator, push your glass against that lever and ice will, mm-hmm. you know, that's how we get ice. Right. But um, the answer is very different in that book. The, the book said, here's how you get ice. Mm-hmm. There are guys on lakes in northern Canada that have saws that carve frozen blocks from these lakes, and they put it on trucks, and they bring it, you know, the whole process, and they finally put it on a truck that will take it to your neighborhood, and you put it in your ice box, mm-hmm. and then you shave off pieces as you need. Um, totally different. It, it's not even fathomable to people today. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some people are old enough to remember that, but I think that our, we've grown up knowing nothing, but we do church and, and worship in a church building. Right. And so to think of church without a building is really hard for some people to do, but we've got to remember that the, the building is just a tool. It, mm-hmm. You know, they didn't even have it in the first century. Uh, it came later. And um, we can still be the church with or without a building. Mm-hmm. You know, there are a lot of um, a lot of things that at least we've seen and, and have, have talked to a few different uh, folks about with regard to um, uh, the idea of an enhanced faith or, or people, uh, maybe studying more people, people speaking about, uh, their faith more, um, and those kinds of things, uh, that, that really has, I guess in the, in the, in the last month, especially has really, uh, gained a renewed strength. Yes. Uh, and, uh, have you seen or experienced any of the, those, those positive aspects of our oh. not meeting, uh, or at least I say not meeting, or positive aspects of the church being the church, even though we're not meeting. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and at Carnes, I think we may be busier in some respect, or a higher mm-hmm. percentage of us are busier than we have been mm-hmm. before. Uh, we still have people that are uh, taking care of our shut ins and, uh, uh, delivering meals. We have, uh, well, we're doing podcasts on, or not podcasts, but, uh, streaming our services on Sunday. We're streaming our services on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm doing a a Bible class that goes online once a week. And, and because of the streaming, you know, we have about, uh, well, 410 or so on a Sunday morning Mm -hmm. at, at Carnes and, and so we reach about that many people, but we are uh, reaching probably six times that many people um, through streaming. Wow! And yeah. uh, 
we've had people responding from, well, one woman requested prayers from England uh, this past Sunday, and a couple weeks ago we had a lady uh, who had been a child of God but unfaithful for many years. Mm-hmm. Um, because of this virus, um, she tuned in and was convicted and uh, you know restored her life to God, mm-hmm. and we couldn't have reached her in any other way. Right. Uh, the, the edification that takes place. I mean, we've got children's Bible classes being videoed and the teens are having uh, separate videos for them. We have members doing uh, Zoom meetings, get togethers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have uh, some children that are going around and, and doing little chalk messages on your uh, driveway, mm-hmm. messages of encouragement and People are checking on each other, just calling, going down through the list, and uh, there's just a, a flurry of activity um, since we've been away from uh, the building. Yeah, that's wonderful. I suspect we're, uh, if we were to ask other uh, congregations, you know, if they've seen this similar impact, I would suspect that we would find that several of our brothers and sisters are, are experiencing very similar things that you've just described. Yeah, I think so. I, at least I hope so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. And, and I, one of the things that I think that has been maybe eye opening for some, or, or at least we need to gain this perspective is that the building is a tool. Mm-hmm. It is not essential, but it is a tool, and uh, it's a tool that right now we've had to put back in the toolbox. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are other tools that we have besides the building to do uh, the work that we're uh, uh, commissioned to do. Right. I, I sometimes, you know, a n- number of years ago, um, there were uh, well, we had we had trouble getting a teacher for a high school Bible class. And uh, we got down to where somebody was going to be asked to teach that really wasn't faithful and was struggling himself in mm-hmm. his own faithfulness. And and I said, well, why would we, we don't need to put that person in this class? Why would we do this? And and the answer was, well, we have to have somebody to teach the high school class. Mm. Um, that's at the that's the point where we allowed uh, what should be a servant to us, our Bible class arrangement to become our master mm-hmm. and, and we had flip flopped it and it no longer was serving us. We were serving it. Mm. And, and, you know, there are other yes. options than to put an unqualified man in that class. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about you don't have a class right. or you combine it with something else? You know, there are a thousand options, but I think that's part of the problem with this building is that we're not seeing or haven't seen in the past, the building as a tool, but as a necessary uh, part of Christianity, mm-hmm. and um, it's to serve us, and we don't serve it. Mm-hmm. And uh, there may be times when it's better to live out Christianity without a building than with a building, and we're experiencing one of those times now. Yeah. Well, what are some things that we can do to maintain our focus as uh, as we uh, worship together online as as so many uh, congregations are doing now uh, yeah. folks worshiping at home what are some what are some things that we can do uh, to maybe maintain that focus 
Well, I would suggest, um, you know, if at all possible, opening your Bible while this is going on. It's it, boy, you're you're really in a position that you have to fight what's typically taking place when you're looking at a screen. You're being entertained. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not the participant, but you're the audience, mm-hmm. and we've got to fight that tendency. So, open your Bible, follow along. Uh, mm-hmm write notes, take a, take a notebook with you and, and outline the, the preacher's sermon. Um, remove some distractions that can, like for me, uh, it's my dog. <laughs> when I'm home, my dog has to have my attention and mm-hmm. she'll be nudging me and want me to pet her. And, and so we put the dog in the back room, uh, so that we can, you know, worship without that kind of distraction. Mm-hmm. I think another thing that we have to be careful of is to continue to give, Mm. um, on the first day of the week. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's easy to just kind of, well, we get a pass now, but our, our church budgets, the missionaries we help and, uh, all the good works that we do, those will either be cut or will continue depending on, on, you know, how people respond to that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and that's another thing here at Carnes. Our contribution has risen above the budget, um, probably by a thousand dollars a week since we've been out of the assembly. Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, yeah, which is uh, really uh, incredible to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and speaks to their dedication. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. I, I, one of the biggest things that I would recommend is to remember that you are not the audience it's real easy to watch and say critique what's going on in the video oh Mm -hmm. they messed that up the sound wasn't quite right the uh boy it should be brighter um you know and all those kinds of things uh Mm -hmm. take place In, in acts 10 and verse 33 uh peter is called to preach to Cornelius and uh, the door is open to the Gentiles in that chapter. Mm-hmm. And Cornelius says to Peter something that I think is really valuable in verse 33. He says, okay, Peter, we are now here present before God to mm-hmm. hear the things that you have to say. And that's a truth that we need to get ingrained, whether we're in a building or not in a building. Mm-hmm. We are not the, uh, audience. Uh, I always, I tell the guys in the school of preaching, don't ever get up and say, what a wonderful audience we have today. We have a wonderful audience every Sunday right? and, right. and it's God. It's not the people sitting yes. in the pew. And so I, I think that by understanding that God is the audience and the person behind the pulpit and the person sitting in the pew or the person in this case, sitting on your couch, mm-hmm you're a participant in this and not uh, a bystander or a spectator. Mm -hmm. Steve, thank you for those uh, points. That's very, very helpful. Um, And I really, I really do appreciate you joining me today in this conversation. And I know folks are going to be blessed uh, hearing your insight into these questions that, that some people are having. Uh, a couple of things that I want to mention uh, before we uh, wrap up. One is that uh, that you have written a couple of books. One is entitled 205 Virginia Avenue, Memories of Home. Uh, tell us a little bit about what that book uh, has to offer. 
Yeah, well, uh, it's a it's a book about. It, it sounds like it would be so personal. It's not interesting unless you know me or know my right. family or <laughs> anything. But but what it is is a book really about how can you just in how can you take everyday life and turn it into service for God, and how, how can you live out Christianity in your home? And what I do is I just take a bunch of memories that I have from my childhood and uh, relate what they were and how they related to and how they helped to shape my faith. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's really uh, anyone wanting to improve or to give concentration or greater thought to living out Christ in your home and before your children it would be a, I think, a book that would spur you on to a lot of different ideas. It's a, it is a great book. Uh, one of my favorite books is another book that you've written, the most recent book, uh, "A Day in the Life of a Preacher: Confessions of a Gospel Preacher." Now, it's been a couple of years ago now, but I had uh, sent a message out to a few minister friends of mine asking for stories of uh, things that would happen in, in the day of a life of a preacher. You know? <laughs> and, and I remember uh, that you shared, I don't know, three or four different stories with me uh, and, and that I was going to then use right. in, a, in, a, in, a, in a lesson. And, uh, and, and I remember seeing you at, I guess it, it may have been uh, last year at Affirming the Faith in, in 2019 maybe, uh-huh. Uh, and and I said you've got to write a book, <laughs> and, you, and you and you laughed and you said I'm I'm doing that. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, for years, you know, when I first started preaching, I started uh, keeping a file of just funny, weird, you know, strange things that mm-hmm. happened, and that that file had gotten to the point where I needed to like I, I just need to share this so. Uh, the better book is the one that has yet to be written that will have to be written after my death, I think. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, I really enjoy this book. Tell tell our listeners where they can uh, get these books. And I, again, I would highly recommend that, that they, they get them. Well, um, we, we don't have them on Amazon or anything, so we're selling them ourselves. You okay. can uh, contact me. My email is higginbotham.steve at gmail.com. Okay. Uh, that's quite a mouth, mouthful. Uh, the, the spelling of Higginbotham uh, may be challenging. but um, Or you can go to my Facebook page, um, Steve Higginbotham, and I can uh, take care of it there. Um, so that that's okay. we're just doing it through us. That's great. Steve, uh I appreciate you so much and, and your heart and your desire to, to serve and to proclaim the message. And I, I pray that uh, your your ministry would continue to reach thousands. And we're, we're uh, so thankful that you're able to be with me today in this conversation. Thank you so well, much. You're welcome. And I appreciate the opportunity, Keith. This, is, this has been great. And I'm glad you're doing uh, the, the work that you're doing uh, there in Arkansas. Well, thank you, and I hope uh, I hope that uh, the Carnes uh, congregation will continue to thrive, even even though we're not meeting together. 
my prayer is that uh, the church worldwide will continue to to thrive. The gospel will be spread, and I know that you are yeah. a major part of that. And I thank you, thank you for that. Well, thank you. You've been listening to Life in the Rock. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's conversation. Thank you for joining us, and have a great day. Mm-hmm.